Hey everyone, welcome to another Georgian Top 3. Evan Lewis here and today I'm joined by Mads, our CTO on the R&D team at Georgian. And today we're going to talk about Georgian's approach to technology value add. And specifically, we're going to dig into how we work with our portfolio companies on technology acceleration. So welcome, Mads. You lead our R&D team. Can you give us a little bit of a background um, on you and what your role entails at Georgian? Thanks for uh, having me on your show, Evan. Yeah, happy to give you a bit of background and what the role of the R&D team is at Georgian. So I, I come from an academic background. That is my, my research studies at University of Toronto. So I, I got a PhD in computer science with a focus on distributed systems. And, and then spent some time in an industrial research lab working for a company called NetApp. They're a pure play data storage, data management provider. And um, at NetApp, they had this advanced technology group whose mandate was to look at trends, technology trends, research trends, trends that would impact the, the product lines and, and business units at, at the company. And the, the mission of the advanced technology group was to identify those trends and then incorporate them into the business units and the, and the product lines. So I spent a couple of years at NetApp and joined Georgian a bit over six years ago when we were about 10, 12 people. And the, the model that we had at NetApp with the advanced technology group at a high level is quite quite similar to the model we follow on our R&D team. So we believe that it's in our company's best interest for us to identify trends, disruptive trends, market trends, technology trends, research trends, um, identify them as early as possible, and then develop expertise, develop capacity internally at Georgian, and then supporting our companies with their accelerated adoption of, of the respective trends. Now, the word trend is fairly abstract. If you were to take uh, an area like, like artificial intelligence as, as a massive trend that has been impacting uh, business software companies and, and markets overall and industries overall over the past five years, that's a trend that we, uh, we identified about five years ago as something that could potentially have a massive impact on, on businesses. And we since five years ago, we've been ramping up our, our expertise and knowledge in, in applied AI. Uh, we've been doing a lot of work with companies to help to help support them on, on, on their adoption of, of, of the trend, launch new products, create generate more revenue, create more differentiation, higher strategic value. So that's the model we, we follow at a high level on, on our uh, R&D team. Identify those those trends and then and then work with companies to help them adopt the trends. Perfect. And yeah, I'm excited to dig a little bit deeper into uh, the top three in a bit, which is, you know, just around sort of how we think about structuring different engagements with um, our companies. But before we dig into that, I'd love to just sort of paint the picture of how we think about structuring the R&D team at Georgian. You know, it's obviously pretty unconventional for a company that invests like we do to have such a robust in-house engineering group and applied research group. So maybe if you can just sort of talk about the different components of that and, and maybe how it's evolved over time. Sure. So the current state of the team, the structure of the team is quite similar to uh, how our companies are and the teams are, are structured. So on, on the team, you're going to find product strategy, product management. You're going to find research scientists very heavily applied. So not really doing fundamental research. 
at Georgian. We believe in applied research. We believe our purpose should be to do applied research for the benefit of our company. And then engineers, we have engineers on, on the team. We also have a chief security officer. Uh, so we have security people on the team that support not only the, the Georgian business from a security perspective, but also drive the adoption of what we call our trust thesis area uh, into, into all our, uh, our portfolio companies. So by and large, what the structure you'd see in every technology firm on the R&D side, you'll see a Georgian. I think the, maybe the, the distinction that I would make is that heavy emphasis on uh, the R&D team doing applied research work and identifying, uh, identifying those trends to support our companies when they want to invest in the adoption of their respective trends. So in a way, we are kind of de-risking their investment in, in, in those trends. So let's maybe dig into the top three now. So again, we're talking about top three ways we work with our portfolio companies on tech acceleration. Uh, the first one we're going to dig into is around team building and advisory services. So obviously, everything starts with team and talent and making sure that before you build the technology, you have the right folks in place. So maybe if you could just talk a little bit about some of the engagements we do on that side of things to make sure that our companies are appropriately staffed to then execute on these different engagements that we're working on them with. Whenever we engage with a portfolio company, we try to understand the level of maturity the company has in our thesis areas, as, as I mentioned before. So if you take something like applied AI, which is a very broad trend, we roughly bucket companies into three levels of maturity. Companies that are exploring applied AI, so they have some, some unique data. They might own a complex business process and co- a complex workflow. And there is vision lock, as we like to say, meaning the, the CEO and the leadership team, the founders, believe there's a lot of value to be created by embedding some form of ML into product. Those are companies in the exploratory bucket. Those companies don't have a team yet. Um, so we will help them kind of build a team. The, those, the companies in the in the second bucket, we call it the building bucket, they may have deployed a machine learning model to production uh, and they're looking at scaling that capacity. And then companies in the advanced bucket that have deployed a number of machine learning models to production, they have R&D team on, on, the, on the AI side. So that's kind of how we think about our customers, uh, our portfolio companies, the companies we engage in, when we try to understand what is the best way to support the, the, the respective companies. So going back to the exploratory bucket, that's where we do a lot of product strategy work to first help identify what are kind of the, the top product opportunities the company should go after that might, might benefit from machine learning. We view machine learning as, as a technology, so we never start with hey, let's sprinkle some machine learning over your product and everything's going to be great. We focus quite a lot on trying to help our companies identify the interesting product opportunities they can take to market. So the companies in the exploratory bucket, we, we have a playbook we follow that starts with a product strategy workshop. The output of that workshop would be a couple of opportunities that then the product team and the company would validate with customers with our support. They select one with the intent of taking a kind of a, a product capability to market powered by some form of machine learning in the next six months. So to, to kind of help the company build the muscle in the process, hire a, a senior ML engineer, make sure the product management function understands what it takes to design and, and, and build ML into product, and then, and then the go-to-market engine. So ensuring kind of sales enablement, the product marketing, and, and, and even pricing. 
And, and then just to kind of finish on, on the exploratory side of the hiring, we developed over time templates for roles within your AI teams. And uh, we have a sort of best practices we recommend our companies follow when they assess people. We would uh, offer our time to help assess candidates on, on the short list. So we do whatever it takes to help our companies take that product to market in six months as planned at, at the beginning of, of the partnership. And then companies in the building bucket, the discussions we're having there and the support we're offering there is, is mainly about both scaling their, their current capacity. That may mean maybe uplifting their current machine learning and, and data infrastructure. So we may do some advisory work in the area of, of data management overall, but in, specifically to support machine learning models and kind of the, the whole area of ML operations or ML ops as, as it's called these days. We may, again, help the company scale the data science team if they need to hire more people on the data science team. And then with companies that are in, in the building stage, we, we start running what we call our R&D projects with, with companies. And those projects take two forms. We, we run quite a lot of hackathons with our companies, very focused on AI, very focused on, on, on machine learning. And we run them with both companies in the building stage and the advanced stage. The AI hackathons we run with companies in the, in the building stage follow more kind of traditional ML approaches. Companies in the advanced stage, that's where we do a lot of applied research work. So we may look at areas like transfer learning or NLP representation learning when engaging with companies in the advanced, advanced bucket. So I mentioned we, we run two types of R&D projects with our companies. The one type is these AI hackathons that can take anywhere from two to five days, and we would allocate a good chunk of our R&D team towards those hackathons. We expect companies to allocate uh, resources from their side. And they're very intense, very collaborative, and, and they're great. Our, our team loves them. Our, our companies love them as well. But they're a great way to, to make progress fast on any ML, ML item on the product roadmap. And then for the more applied research, kind of longer-term engagements uh, are, the, are the second way in which we engage with our companies. We try to time box those projects to four months, one month of feasibility and three months of uh, execution on the project, primarily to make sure we, we keep momentum going for a, a medium period of time and we deliver value. So we, we always kind of put our value hat on when we embark on these engagements and we, we spend quite a bit of time before we get going on a four-month project to, um, to, to understand the potential value of, of, of the work. And we follow similar principles to hackathons, like we would allocate resources, we expect our companies to allocate resources, and, and then they're very collaborative. In that regard, we're not a consulting firm. We see ourselves as partners to our companies. We don't nickel and dime over consulting fees. We believe in aligning on value first and then committing resources on both sides and then working as closely as possible on the respective initiatives. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I think that paints the picture really well. I always sort of talk about how we sort of de- deploy a SWAT team of experts. It's very customized based on our skill sets internally and, and the needs of the customer, aka our portfolio company. We're sort of designing this engagement and building a business case. In a software business, you build a business case for a partnership. We're doing the same thing with our customers in the portfolio. So can you maybe just help the audience understand a little bit, who are the key folks that we typically work with? I would assume CTO, VP product, but who are sort of the, the key folks that the R&D team works with? And what does that sort of working relationship look like? I would say every person that touches product within our companies plays a role when we embark on these engagements. Given that we, we tend to focus on engagements that have strategic value, 
So they're all about incorporating massive trends like applied AI into product and figuring out how to augment end-user workflows, how to automate workflows, how to create a data mode, how to take advantage of that data mode to deliver better product capabilities. Those products do end up having strategic value, and we want to see buying from the key stakeholders within our company, starting with the CEO. So the CEO plays a key role. Our account management team on our side is, is in charge of, of managing that relationship with the CEO and getting alignment with, with the CEO. And then product is a big stakeholder for us. We spend quite a bit of time talking to, to product teams. Whenever we embark on an engagement, we want to understand path to production. If we end up delivering on the respective R&D work, that may require understanding integrations, understanding user experience, so those are typically discussions that we have with the product teams within our portfolio companies. If the company already has an AI team in place, then, then a lot of the discussions are taking place with, with the AI team to scope the respective engagement, uh, to understand what data we have available. So more, more of the technical details are worked out with the AI team. And then we also spend time with the team that's, that's in charge of deploying models to production, deploying AI solutions to production and maintaining them. Sometimes it's the research team within our companies. Basically, we have a single AI team in charge of researching and, and, and deploying models of production and, and maintaining them, which is something we favor. In other cases, you may have a research team that does the research and then an engineering team that takes over. So truly understanding kind of how companies operate and adapting to how companies operate is something we spend a lot of time on. So those are really the, the, the key stakeholders. But I, I want to put emphasis on the CEO because... That vision log that I mentioned to you at the beginning starts with the CEO. Yeah, it makes total sense. So we talked about the team building and the advisory. We've talked about workshops and hackathons as two sort of key features in, in our R&D and technology value add. Let's talk about the third one being software toolkits. Because when I was interviewing at Georgian, this was one of the ones that really stuck out to me. It's something that is so differentiated and has the ability to scale in a massive way and really touch lots of our portfolio companies and help them solve really impactful problems. So I'd love to you know, just dig a little bit into a few examples of different pieces of software and toolkits that we've built for you know, our companies in the past and where you see the software toolkit vision going at Georgia. Yeah. So as we do more and more of these engagements, I think one thing we've noticed is the, there are reusable components we can expose to the entire portfolio. And those components are typically tools. Uh, they're tools that fit under what we would call our ML infrastructure layer. So one example would be a tool that helps data science teams train machine learning models faster by automating away some of the data management, data cleaning tasks. That's a tool we've been developing for about six months, and it's now available to our portfolio companies. We call it Foreshadow. It's in the, the area of AutoML, automatic machine learning. So again, part of kind of the ML infrastructure fabric, but really helping all our, all our AI teams, all our companies' AI teams, prototype machine learning models faster and, and taking them to market faster. That concept of reusability is, is, is quite important. We often look for, within every engagement, we often look for opportunities to extract some of the R&D into a generic tool that can be then offered to our companies. We, we typically expose the tool under an Apache 2 license, so everything is open source within the portfolio. 
we don't think we should be owning any of those tools. We do leverage a lot of open source ourselves. So the ML tooling in general, I think there's, there's a lot of options out there, but whenever we see an opportunity for us to, to develop something that our portfolio companies can benefit from, we take that opportunity. So I mentioned Foreshadow, that's an auto ML tool. Uh, a couple of years ago, we developed a tool in the area of privacy. We, we later integrated it into TensorFlow. So it's not part of the TensorFlow privacy module. This year, we also developed a tool we call Alchemy that is meant to help our uh, companies train machine learning models on unstructured data much faster by leveraging research done uh, on pre-trained models and research from the area of active learning that is meant to basically reduce the number of labels for, for people in machine learning space, reduce the number of labels required to train, to train a machine learning model. So that's the, the software toolkit vision overall. One layer above, we have the application layer. And that's something we've been talking more and more about recently in terms of Georgian perhaps developing some applications that our companies can benefit from, primarily when it comes to operational areas, operational support. So historically at Georgian, we've been developing an application to support our sourcing like support our, our findings of companies or potential investment opportunities. So that application really is, is a lead scoring application. So think of a database of 40,000 companies in North America that are being scored by our application, our engine on a monthly basis. And those leads are, the top leads are being exposed to our, to our business development and, and investment teams for them to, to pursue. Um, that's an application developed for Georgian internally, but we also started thinking about what if we were to expose some of that functionality to our portfolio companies. All our companies need support when it comes to prioritizing which leads they need to go after or even generating new leads they they need to go after. And we have quite a rich database of private software company data. We can expand depending on what our company's needs are or what our company's universe of prospects looks like. So that those discussions are happening today. They're, They're very much aligned with how we see ourselves at Georgian as offering a platform for growth to our portfolio companies, a mix of services, tools, and and applications. Another application we've been developing this year, again, starting internally, is an application to classify markets. We call it our market taxonomy initiative project. Started because if you look at all the private company databases out there, like Pitchfork, Mattermark, Crunchbase, and all the others, they don't do a great job at, at classifying markets or basically mapping companies to, to markets and sub-markets. So it is a gap. It is a kind of foundational element to a lot of the work we do at Georgian on, on market research and kind of understanding which companies are, are, are the best prospects within, within certain markets. Um, that market taxonomy, again, could be packaged as an application and expose to portfolio companies, as an example. So imagine a company getting a very rich view of their market ecosystem, updated periodically, maybe a competitive landscape plans, maybe potential M&A targets. So that's something we, we've been discussing uh, at Georgian more and more, kind of the focus on the application layer. So the toolkit is still there, we're still be developing tools, but now going a level higher and developing data-driven applications that our portfolio companies can, uh, can benefit from. That's really helpful, Mads. I think from my perspective, definitely one of the most exciting parts of the work we're doing at Georgian. And I personally have benefited from a lot of the the lead scoring and the taxonomy work and can't wait to see where it goes. So thanks for joining. That's uh, top three on the Georgian R&D team with Mads and see you guys next time.